0: The presenting sponsor for this episode of the Autism Dad Podcast is Mightier. Okay, so I wanna take a minute and talk about Mightier. Mightier is a clinically proven mobile gaming app which was developed at Boston Children's Hospital. It's already helped more than 100,000 kids, including my crew here at home. Now, if you're a longtime listener, you know that I'm very big into anything that empowers parents, and that's one of the things that's so great about Mightier. It empowers both parents and kids, and it's all done through play. So how does it work? Great question. Kids play on a tablet or a phone while wearing a heart rate monitor, and Mightier incorporates breathing exercises and other proven calming techniques as part of the game. Kids get to see when it's time to cool down, and they learn how to do it themselves, and parents get to track their progress. With time, those calming skills become muscle memory. All it takes is 15 minutes a day, 3 days a week, and 87% of parents see improvement inside of 90 days. That's amazing. So check out Mightier.com to learn more about the science behind Mightier and how it works. That's M-I-G-H-T-I-E-R.com and use the promo code THEAUTISMDAD to save 10%. If your toddler has been diagnosed with autism or is waiting for a diagnosis, you're going to want to pay attention for the next 60 seconds. Happy Ladders is parent-led early autism therapy that empowers you, the parent, to teach your toddler essential developmental skills through play. Studies have shown that the parent-led model is highly effective while eliminating frustration over long wait lists or the worry about losing precious developmental time, all without the disruption of people coming into your home. Use the code THEAUTISMDAD at checkout to save 50% off the monthly membership. Plus, get a free one-on-one session as well as access to the Tantrums and Meltdown mini-course. This is a limited-time offer, so act now. Hey, what's up, folks? My name is Rob Gorski, and you're listening to The Autism Dad Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, I want to welcome you guys to Season 5. This will be the first episode of Many More to Come. I have some really cool stuff planned for this season, so uh, stay tuned. Um, before I launch into this, uh, this week's episode, I want to give you a little bit of backstory. A couple months back, I was talking to one of my kids after school, and they mentioned that they uh, were doing uh, lockdown or active shooter drills. And it occurred to me, well, I guess it hadn't occurred to me that my kids were ever going to experience something like that, because in my head, They're at a special needs school. I mean, this is a school for kids with autism and ADHD and a lot of learning disabilities. Why in the world would they have to practice this? Well, because school shootings are a huge problem in this country. I set out to learn more about what my kids were experiencing and what I have read and what I was learning was very concerning to me. I reached out to shannon watts on twitter she is the founder of mom's demand and i asked to set up an interview with someone who can help raise some awareness about what our kids are dealing with in the classrooms and she set up an amazing interview for me with avery hamel and he is a students demand action volunteer and he sits on the national advisory board for students demand action he's a senior at aim academy in philly pa he's going to talk to us about what his experience has been in the classroom having to deal with these drills and the kind of emotional impact that it has and who better to tell it than somebody who's living through it. So thank you, Avery, for taking the time to come on the show and talk to us about gun violence and how this is impacting you uh, or kids in general. And uh, for those of you out there listening, you may hear some background noise, and that's because Avery's actually recording this from the school building. He is uh, just getting out of class. So thank you again, Avery, for taking the time. I really do appreciate it. Uh, Could you take a second and just tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, um, I'm currently a senior in high school at AIM Academy, which is a school for children with language-based learning disabilities. I've been a part of the gun violence prevention movement since eighth or ninth grade, run the Philadelphia Community Chapter, as well as sit On Students Demand Action's National Advisory Board.
0: All right, so let's talk a little bit about gun prevention, because that's something that you're very passionate about. Can you tell everybody what the gun violence prevention movement is about?
1: Yeah, so um, young people have grown up in the midst of a gun violence crisis, especially like people who have been going to in-person school. And firearms are the leading cause of death for children and teens in America. And that's kind of why Students Demand Action decided to start organizing in um, schools and universities and communities, because students are the forefront, they know the most about gun violence prevention within the school and how impactful active shooter drills are and how important school safety is for students.
0: What motivated you to join the gun violence prevention movement?
1: Yeah, um, I grew up and live in Philadelphia in like a neighborhood on the verge of gun violence. So I have heard gunshots and seen what gun violence can just do to a community. I really started wanting to do something with gun violence prevention when I was just watching TV one night and there was a report of a convenience store was robbed a few blocks away from my house. The guy was like in the hospital because of the, um, the robbers robbed him at gunpoint and put him in the hospital. And it's like, that was my neighborhood. That is my neighborhood. I needed to stop feeling afraid And wanted to help other youth in my area, in my neighborhood, in my school communities, organize and have a voice. So lawmakers and community members and teachers know we want to help end gun violence and we want to help organize.
0: Where I live, it's almost a daily occurrence that you hear gunshots, right? And I remember when I first heard an actual gunshot, I didn't know what it was because it doesn't sound like it does on TV. And my kids, we have become so desensitized to it that we hear it and don't think anything of it anymore. Honestly, that's really scary. And I am amazed seeing how many students, how many young people are mobilizing to do what the adults should have done a long time ago and and haven't. So I'm very grateful to be able to speak with you because my kids recently came home and were telling me about active shooter drills at their school, right? All three of my kids are autistic and they go to a school that is, well, one's in high school, one's in grade school still, but they go to a school that's built for autistic kids and kids with like ADHD and other learning disabilities. So it's not like a mainstream school and they have active shooter drills, which is you've got, you've got kids, who are and I and I get the reasoning behind it, but you have kids who are so prone to anxiety, who are struggling just to get through the day. And now they're traumatized by having to do these active shooting drills, which I I I get and I'm grateful for in the sense that if something were to happen, they would know what to do. But where have we gotten to in, in society where where our kids are having to practice live shooting drills in school rather than learning? or socializing or, or growing as a person, you know, so I'm glad to have you here because I want to talk to you about how these drills impact kids. When I was growing up, it was fire drills or tornado drills, right? Where you'd line up and you'd go outside and that would be it. This is something entirely different. And I guess what my question, my first question to you is, have you experienced the live shooter drills yourself?
1: I've experienced um, lockdown, lockout Drills and actual um, lockout procedures in my school. I'm so lucky that we have never had an active shooter drill with people acting out being the active shooter other than...
0: Do they really do that? Yes. Oh my God. I don't even know. See, I don't even know what happens during the active shooter drills.
1: It's varied so much by each school. Okay. I've gone to two different learning disability schools.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: At my old school, the principal used to come down the hallways with her keys and jingle on all the doors to make sure they were locked. And if she could get in, that was bad. That was bad. You failed the drill. At my new school, we don't really do lockdown procedures in a way that are helpful. So when we had an actual lockout, when there was somebody at the nursing home a few blocks away from the school with a weapon, a, stealing a car at gunpoint from the nursing home, and we had to go into a lockdown, nobody knew what to do.
0: What is it like? Like, what does that feel like? How does that, is it just like you, you experience that and then you just go on with your day? You just have to go back to learning like it's just normal? hmm
1: Yes. Even when we had the actual instance of a person with a weapon being close to campus, the precedent was that we go right back to class after the procedure was done.
0: Wow. How does that, like, how does that, how does that feel?
1: It's absolutely terrifying. I was lucky because I was able to not go back to class, but I cannot imagine what it would be like to be in middle school or lower school and have like ADHD and have a diagnosed anxiety disorder and be expected to just go back to your daily life. I don't know how you can continue to learn if you experience that without some sort of trauma-informed conversation with a school psychiatrist.
0: How do you think it impacts the overall experience of, of going to school when you, you have to practice these drills? And how often do you practice these drills?
1: It's terrifying. Going to school in general can be scary because there is always like, is this the last time that I am going to walk out of this building? Is this the last time I'm going to see like my parents? But drills are just as scary because sometimes we don't know they're a drill. Sometimes it's like it's an actual lockdown, lockout procedure. We're just expected to rehearse, perform like it would be as an though actual. it's real. Yes.
0: So I didn't even think about that. I- I'm trying to remember when we had fire drills. It was always planned ahead of time, and so we knew when the bell was going to go off that we all line up and we do our thing. So what you're saying is when you guys have these drills, a lot of times you don't even know that they're drills. So you're actually going through the experience as though it's a real active shooter.
1: Yeah. They, put, they come on the school speakers, tell us to go, we're in a lockdown. And then after going through all of the procedural lockdown, because there is an active shooter on the left side of the school, the head of school will then tell us it's a drill but at that point our anxiety levels are already at like is this the real thing
0: i'm honestly speechless (laughs) i don't even know what to say that's how how have we failed our kids to allow that to be your normal that's not okay i'm heartbroken and i'm impressed at the same time and i'm i'm sort of a little scattered about that, but like, like as a dad, imagining my kids experiencing that, uh, I, I don't, I don't know how, how, how do we fix this? (laughs) How do we, how do we make this better? How do we address this so that you can go to school and not be afraid and you can just be a kid how, how do we address this? I know there's, like, there's a lot of controversy surrounding how this gets dealt with, but what do you see as a solution?
1: Well, we've been having this conversation in um, AIM Academy's chapter of Students Demand Action because teachers are just as scared as the students. Teachers, especially in the lower school here, since we are lower school, middle school and upper school, the lower school teachers do not know how do I process a lockdown drill or a lock, an actual lockdown procedure with a first grader that's already like coming to school, doesn't know how to read, has some sort of learning disability. Yeah. School has to be a safe place for students. We're lucky that since that procedure, the head of school has made a commitment to at least open conversations about doing trauma-informed and trauma-induced lockdown procedures through everytown suggestions, which are Um, with the pediatric doctors and so many school psychologists and people that like see this.
0: So based on their, their professional recommendations on how to handle this. So are there, are there guidelines for how to properly institute these types of drills? Do Do you know what I mean? Like, um, there's like a right way and there's a wrong way. And you were talking about seeking the advice of like the, probably like the American Pediatrics Association and Uh, the psychiatric community to try and minimize the trauma impact on on the students. Is there a set standard, like what they should be doing versus what actually tends to happen in real life?
1: Every town for gun safety has um, a published list of suggestions with the American Pediatric Association. I think it's with them. AIM Academy is working to have that conversation with our head of school to make sure, because we're research based, because we're a learning disability school, we want to do everything that is best for the students. And this is research-based, trauma-informed lockdown procedures, which, I mean, to me seems like a no-brainer. If we have to do lockdown procedures, they should be done in a way that doesn't traumatize the kids.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. And that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm glad that they're, they're open to the conversation and that you guys have a local chapter of students' demand. I, I don't know how, is that available like everywhere? Like any high school can start or grade school, they can start setting that up. Is that, is that something that's.
1: Any high school can start a chapter if students demand action. Okay. There's 400 chapters currently active across Holy the country. Cow. So that's wow. college chapters, high school chapters, and community chapters. Yeah. And there's also um, the ability that if you just want support and having a conversation about lockdown procedures, every town does have that researched, published, so administration can look at it as well.
0: What ways can communities around the country work together to help reduce gun violence and maybe share, you know, people sharing their stories about their experience uh, as survivors of gun violence?
1: That's especially important since it is currently National Gun Violence Survivor Week. OK, Which is the time that we as the United States, surpass other um, westernized countries in rates of gun violence and death by gun violence for the year. Um, so there are stories online at moments that survive.org, which are a bunch of super impactful stories of survivors sharing their story of gun violence and people can submit stories if they are a survivor of gun violence and mm-hmm. join every survivor network and get connected and support from other gun violence survivors to like process how devastating an act of gun violence is on the community, on the family and on the individuals that survived it or have to go on without somebody super important to their family.
0: I just saw a TikTok the other day. I don't know if you saw it or not. There's a, there was a teacher who they, she had, there was just a student that was just shot at her school and they just got released and she had to go to the store to buy snacks for her kids to try and distract them. Cause it's a, uh, like a grade school, like a lower level school uh, grade. And she is emotionally just Traumatized, and she's trying to get people to understand just how devastating this is and how they just expect you just to pick up and move on like nothing happened. I have never experienced anything like that in the school setting when I was growing up because it wasn't something that was very prevalent then. But I cannot imagine what it's like to be a student in modern society having to deal with all the things that you guys deal with.
1: If you do not have a chapter of Students' Demand in your school, talking to administration about why trauma induced and trauma-informed lockdown procedures are just so important and so prevalent. And talking to your kids, like if there is a lockdown procedure, like helping them to process because it's so important. And if the school isn't doing that, parents need to pick up a little bit of that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I know you mentioned this is National Gun Violence Survivor Week. So we wanted to make sure that we had this conversation because it's It's important. It matters, right? We can't change what we don't acknowledge. And uh, this is a major problem and and we need to do better. How can we support survivors of gun violence during, during this time? Like what can we do to be supportive?
1: Well, I think that is very dependent on um, each survivor and what each survivor needs. National Gun Violence Survivor Week is a very important time to elevate stories of survivors and their work in gun violence prevention. Survivors are the guiding star of our movement. And as a volunteer of Students Demand, I try and be an ally for peers in my school community and within the wider Philly community that identify as survivors Mm -hmm. to make sure that the movement feels inclusive and guided by them. But also it's trauma informed. So the work that we're doing happens far beyond this one week in February. Oh, we need to make sure we're uplifting stories of surviving and stories of growth every single day.
0: How old are you? I, I don't know if that, that's like, not, I don't mean to be rude asking it, but like, how, how, how old are you? I'm 18. Wow. You are so well-spoken. I hope everybody listens to this because when our kids have to have to stand up and start doing things because we don't, that's a problem. You know, it's, it's our job to, to ensure your safety. And it doesn't seem like we're doing that. If you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to it, because whether it's this week or next week or two years from now, it's important that we recognize this problem and we take a stand and we do something and you can get involved with, with mom's demand. You can get involved with every town. You can get involved with uh, student's demand. Are there, um, I'll get links and stuff offline so that we can share all that stuff so people can click and and join and whatever. But is there, is there anything else you want either students or parents or whoever's listening to, to know?
1: To join Students Demand Action, you can text the word STUDENTS to 64433. Okay. To join Moms Demand Action, you can text READY to 64433. Okay. As well as sign up online.
0: Okay. Is there um, anything else you want to just say to maybe students who are going through something or survivors who are listening? I
1: think for students and survivors that we're here, the network is here, and please tell us how we can support you. Lean on us a little bit as a network of students that are doing this work and have been doing this work long before I joined SDA. I know I've found people within the movement to lean on when I need support and who come to me if they need support. so finding that network is so very important to keep yourself motivated to keep going.
0: I was going to ask you this, too, because it feels like when you when you see watch the news and everything, it's hard to get people to really make substantive change to make improvements in in controlling who has guns and and how we manage that and all of the, the political stuff behind it. But, and this is the last thing that I'll ask you and I'll I'll, I'll let you get back to your uh, the rest of your day. I appreciate you taking the time. How do you stay motivated to keep fighting? It must feel like an uphill battle a lot of times. How do you find the strength and courage to keep fighting against so many adversaries, I guess, obstacles?
1: It's the survivors and the little first graders and lower school students that's like, I don't, Want to see any more lower school students being terrified because of a lockdown procedure, because of an active shooter on campus. And I don't want to see them just being scared that school isn't a safe place, especially since they have a learning disability. Maybe school wasn't always the safest place for them. They didn't feel welcomed, because I know I didn't feel welcomed for a long time in my school communities fighting for them so that they don't have to always be standing up so that they can be kids and go play outside in the mud or read their favorite book. Mm -hmm. And I
0: just want to say that we should be doing the same thing for you and your peers and people your age. Like this should not fall on an 18 year old kid to have to do this because adults don't stand up and do the right thing. And I feel like as an adult, I should apologize to you (laughs) for all that you've had to go through and thank you for standing up and helping to keep my kids safe at school by raising awareness and being willing to come on here and take time out of your day. I know your school day was over, but you could be doing any number of things right now, but instead we're talking about this. And I'm very grateful for that. And you were very well spoken. And I hope that everybody just really soaks this in and realizes that this is more than just political thing. I mean, this is this is real life and our kids are afraid to go to school. That's not okay and we need to do better. And Avery, I from the bottom of my heart, man, like I thank you for for doing everything that you're doing and if there's anything that I can do to help support you and your chapter, whatever, please reach out. I know I followed you on Twitter. I think we connected on Twitter. So, I'll share whatever I can. If you tag me in it, I'll share it and anything else that I can do, please reach out and and I'll support however I can. And I'm going to look into talking to the high school my son goes to and look at starting something there because this school year, there was an active threat. It was something that was supposed to happen the next school day is what the rumor was. And so the cops got involved. My son heard through the whole, like all the kids are texting each other about what's going on. He was terrified to go to school the next day. He's 15, you know, like he he should be worried about other things, not about whether he's going to go to school and get shot. So thank you. Thank you. Very much. I really appreciate everything that you're doing. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Stay safe. It was really a pleasure to meet you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Uh,
0: Before I close things out, I wanted to share a few thoughts, and and I've been having a really hard time doing this. I I tried to record this like I don't know ten times over the last couple of days, and um, I'm just I've been struggling emotionally since I've had this conversation, and and I, I spoke with Avery about a week ago. Uh, By the time you're, by the time I'm recording this, you know, I walked away from this conversation and I can't get his words out of my head. You know, he, he was talking about, you know, school is terrifying. Going to school is terrifying for kids now because they don't know if it's going to be the last time they walk into the building or the last time they walk out of the building when they leave their home in the morning to go to school. They don't know if it's the last time they're going to see their parents these aren't the things that we had to deal with when we were kids. I mean, we had fire drills, we had tornado drills. I mean, we had things like that we practiced or that we had to deal with. There was always bullying and stuff like that, but I never went to school fearing for my life, wondering if me walking in there for an education was going to cost me the rest of my life. I never had to deal with that. And hearing him talk about how terrifying it is and how traumatizing it is has made me so much more aware of what my kids must be going through. And when you have kids On the autism spectrum or with other challenges or special needs communication can be challenging right and so so you're not always going to get that feedback unless you ask and so i would encourage all of you out there whether your kids are special needs or or not have this conversation with your kids find out what's happening during school day are they doing these drills if they are like what's happening how does it make them feel do they feel safe Find out what's going on and maybe have a conversation with the school and ask them questions about what's going on. How are they doing these drills if they're doing them? What are we doing to help mitigate the emotional impact that these drills have on our kids? Are they aware that it's a drill or are they thinking that they might die? This is stuff that as parents, we need to know about. And I guess... I made the mistake of thinking that because my kids go to a school for special needs kids or kids with autism and and ADHD and learning disabilities, kind of similar to to, uh, what Avery was talking about, that they were somehow immune to this. And they're not. They're not. I just, I can't imagine what our kids are going through. I I just, I've had a hard time letting this go. I just wanted to say that. I want to thank Avery for coming on the show and having this conversation and opening my eyes and hopefully yours and talking about how these drills are impacting and all the things that he's doing as an 18-year-old kid, along with all the other kids that, that, are, that are doing the same thing to try and end gun violence. As the adults, right, like as parents, that's our job, right? That is our job to do that. It shouldn't be up to our kids to do something that we should be doing for them. I encourage all of you guys to, to take a minute and text READY, R-E-A-D-Y, to 64433. To join the movement of Americans working together to end gun violence and build safer communities. You can find uh, information on Moms Demand or Every Town or Students Demand. It'll all be in the show notes below. Educate yourselves. We can work together and, and we can do this and help protect our kids. Thank you again, Avery, for, for everything that you shared with us. Thank you to uh, Shannon Watts and Emily and Sarah for helping set this up and making this, this happen. I really appreciate everything that you're doing to help keep our communities safer. All the information, like I said, will be in the show notes below. So you can check that out and sign up or maybe set up uh, a student's demand or a mom's demand chapter in your town if there's not one there already. Uh, as always, you can find me at theautismdad.com. All of my social links are at the top of the page. You can listen to this on any one of your favorite podcast listening apps, hit that subscribe button. If you are interested in uh, being on the show or you have a show idea or a comment or something like that, I still haven't been able to figure out like a commenting system that that'll be convenient. So you can just email me at rob at the And I can respond to you there. I'll have a link in the show notes as well. And if you do have an idea about commenting systems to, to help, you know, communicate back and forth easier, that'd be great. Let me know. I will talk to you guys next week. All right. Thanks. Bye.